Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this episode, I am in conversation with actress Mary Wiseman, who is currently starring in the LCT3 production of Brenna Turner's At the Wedding. Now, to be clear, Mary and I spoke at the end of last week, but since then, they announced that they would be shutting down performances from Saturday, April 9th, this past Saturday, through Sunday, April 17th, because of a COVID case detected within the company. The show, as of now, is currently scheduled to run through April 24th. I hope that they are able to reschedule these dates that were missed. But if not, definitely make sure that you were able to go see this show before it ends. Because as I've talked about on Today on Broadway, I absolutely adored this show. In the play, Mary's character Carlo goes to the wedding of her ex-girlfriend Eva. And Eva just so happens to be marrying a man. Carlo is very much not over Eva. And throughout the course of the wedding... We start to see some of the reasons that that relationship didn't work, but we also get to see Mary work through some of the pain that she's been dealing with since the breakup. In our conversation, Mary and I talk about the challenges of this very, very funny show in which she is on stage for the vast majority of the performance time. We also talk about some of the great jokes that were cut during the process, and she shares one of the funnier things I've heard in a long time that was actually eliminated, not because it wasn't working, but perhaps because it was working too well. Mary is also one of the cast members on Star Trek Discovery, alongside some other very familiar theater names. So we talk a little bit about Star Trek as well. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Mary Weissman. Okay, so we are chatting here on Thursday, April 7th. So I feel like my journalistic responsibility has to start with this question. How did you celebrate First Contact Day? (laughs) Uh, I celebrated it in a um, subdued, uh, uh, underplayed uh, way by not uh, celebrating it particularly in any way at all. Uh, But that's how we celebrate in my household. Yeah, I, I feel like that's okay. You're in the middle of some other things that might have gotten you uh, a, a, yes. a little more focused on things than celebrating the first contact between Vulcans and humans. So um, so very good. We'll get to that stuff in a minute. But um, I've got to tell you, I went into At The Wedding knowing very little other than the, you know, the pitch and I was familiar with you. Um, but it had to be one of the most surprisingly enjoyable and emotional experiences that I've had in the theater in a long time. When you first read the script, what was your reaction to it? Um, yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with how funny it was, honestly, Uh just how many jokes per like page, (laughs) uh, uh, that's not easy. And so I was really impressed just with Brenna's writing and how clean it was. Um, and then how much heart was kind of underneath everything. Uh, it immediately kind of spoke to me and I felt like very like clicked into the language. It felt like a, uh, a really nice fit. So I was, I was really hopeful I would get to do it. Yeah. And it, it really seems to work with your comedic sensibilities. And like I said, I was familiar with you, but not necessarily from over. I mean, not that the show is sitcom but there is a kind of a sitcom, you know, fun uh, Adam McKay type uh, movie vibe to some of this humor. I kind of knew you as more of a silly 
dramatic actor. So did this feel like something natural from you or did it feel like something you had to kind of like slip into a different set of skills? Yeah, well, this is that's a, a good observation. Like, I think a lot of what a lot of like touch points for Brenna were rom-coms, yeah. um, like notably my best friend's wedding and, and uh, all the, all those kind of movies, which is not like a, um, a genre I'm super familiar with actually. Uh, so it was a little bit of a, <laughs> outside of my, uh, of my world of experience, but um, I don't know, I guess it still felt like kind of a natural fit. I mean, I'm sort of like a um, incorrigible ham. Um, so that fits the, the character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so just the kind of freedom, uh, to make jokes and behave badly. Um, I don't know. It just was very delicious. Well, and what I found so compelling about the show, because obviously there's a lot of things, not necessarily in the theater, but there was an air of familiarity with, oh, the ex is crashing the wedding. We've seen that story before, but what I think made this so impactful was kind of the depth of emotion that was underneath those jokes and those quips that you were talking about. Um, As you are approaching this character who is incredibly nuanced, but obviously incredibly pained as well, how were you able to balance those two sides of things, that outward, prickly, funny, aggressive nature, but then also the other side that's obviously really hurting deeply, not only from the breakup of this relationship, but probably a lot of other things as well. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, those two things seem so obviously deeply linked to me, like deep, deep pain and, and needing to develop a defensive language of humor to protect yourself from the world. Um, There, yeah, that, uh, it makes so much sense to me on the page. And I think that speaks to like Brenna Turner's emotional intelligence. Um, It's just the connection between what she's going through and then what she puts out into the world. It's so A to B, it's so clear to me. Uh, And that makes it so much more satisfying like as a comedy that you both get the laughs and you understand the sort of ache that makes this person have to like continuously make, make a joke of everything to sort of protect herself from her very real, very deep feelings of pain. Um, I love that. And I, I don't know, like, I, I just, I don't think it would be nearly as fun or nearly as satisfying or honestly nearly as funny if it didn't have that like sort of basement level of um, deep human experience. Yeah, and it makes it more believable and real uh, rather than having just kind of like you said this ham looking for attention looking to tell jokes and and kind of make people's lives miserable there's a humanity that comes with that pain that's very evident in your performance right right so i have to ask how was your personal wedding anything like the (laughs) wedding we see on stage uh, visually, yes. Really? Uh, yeah, weirdly, creepily. But then my friend, I pointed that out to a friend who was at my wedding and he kind of said, well, kind of all weddings look the same. And I thought that was, that kind of let me off the hook in a nice way. But no, I mean, what, what Maruti, um, our like scenic designer did with the set is so both gorgeous and so iconic of sort of like our modern, um, 
money dump idea of like a big flashy wedding. Um, yeah. He really is able to straddle that line beautifully. And of course it brought to mind my own wedding and both how it's so silly and how it's so confusing why we have to go through these things. And then how really profound uh, deeply and deeply emotional and meaningful that day can actually be for people. And you, you talk about the, the set design and you know, it looks like you said, looks very familiar when you are in the theater and before the show starts, but then you kind of really like the set itself actually has a lot of functionality in kind of the way that this story is being told. I, I was really kind of impressed and struck by, um, I don't know if the scene changes is the right way to talk about it, but mm. the way that these doors open and close and characters reveal themselves um, and characters kind of come in and out, like they're, they're felt to, to me to, to add that, like that added some sort of, I don't know, energy or something to, to this, to the show that you don't normally see in a lot of plays that kind of just present themselves mm. as in straightforward tellings of the story. There seemed to be a little bit more nuance and, and depth to that. Yeah. And that's all like Jenna Worsham, our director. Um, and I, yeah, I, I agree. I think those moments really flesh out the feeling of the wedding. Uh, I think they make it feel like there's more people on stage than there actually are. And you get the sense of the chaos and the movement of a wedding. Um, and that you also get this other level of like kind of this, um, this sort of maze Carlo is trapped in. Uh, and then there's also the added benefit of this. The show is kind of a farce and a lot of it relies on entrances and exits and who are you going to see next and what's going to be revealed next. So it being centered around these doors um, is, I think, you know, functionally very useful uh, in setting a tone and creating opportunities for people to run into each other. Yeah, you the way you kind of describe it as a farce and the importance of the doors, like, it, it, I don't think it's the same type of farce, but it does have sure. that kind of normal, like um, familiar noises off entrances and exits and who's coming in where yeah. and how is that going to impact everything? That's really interesting. I would qualify it as like a deep farce or, you know, something like that. But I, yeah. I, I, I am very uh, impressed with the way that Brenna plays with genre. And I think they are bouncing off a couple different genres in this piece in ways that people might not even realize, but that feels to me very sophisticated. Like, oh, and totally. also genres that are often written off, like the rom-com, like the farce. Um, I, I find that very, um, I don't know, very cool. They're very interesting. They have a very interesting way of playing with that stuff. Yeah, I, I think the word sophisticated is a perfect way to describe this because, mm. like I said, I didn't go into this knowing a ton about, I mean, I knew the just, you know, the little plot description they tell you ahead of time, but beyond that, I saw it, before opening, so I, I didn't know what to expect, but the sophistication and just the the level of craft was uh, incredibly impressive, not only from Brenna, but from this entire cast, which is interesting yeah. to me because you are, you know, at the center of the show, even though the wedding is somebody else's wedding. So they're at the center of the action kind of uh, to speak. But I think you leave the stage here or there. But for the most part, it's everybody coming in those doors that we talked about and interacting with your character it's only 70 minutes so it's a it's a sprightly you know yes. uh, round play but i don't know if you could do much more if it was you know a traditional two-hour show because you seem to be at high speed high energy 
throughout. Is that a is is that something that you kind of have to figure into your performance and how you pace yourself when you're interacting with everybody? Yeah, well, I don't know. It, yeah, it's definitely a sprint. That's like energetically what the piece is. And and even um Brenna's notes on the title page of the play, uh they say uh this play is light on its feet. Um and I think that we all really took that to heart. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's a lovely little explosion of energy. And I agree. I think that if the play were longer, that energy would diffuse in some way or be shaped differently. Um, and you wouldn't get the same sort of like <laughs> cathartic release. I think you get because yeah. it's such a sort of, you know, cold punch to the face. I don't know. I, I, I adore that about it. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be hard if it were longer, but as it is, I feel amazing getting off stage. Actually, this play is very hopeful where it leaves you and you do. I mean, I get a cathartic release every time I do it. So um, it's actually a, a very um, pleasurable play to do. You know, it's not uh, Night Mother or something that <laughs> you, you really have to recover from, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we've talked about how deeply sad um, Carlo is, mm. but you're right. You you feel leaving uplifted, um, which is not necessarily where I thought it would be from the beginning, right. but it fe- feels really earned by the interactions that she has with all of the other people at this wedding. Speaking about your castmates and the people that you do come in contact with on that stage. What has that process been like? Because it is kind of like a collection of one-on-one, you know, little one acts or little uh, little scenes where you're interacting almost all the time with just one other person and maybe the waiter, uh, you know, the bartender uh, in the background roaming around. Uh, how has that been to kind of, you know, it's, it's a big cohesive piece, but most yeah. of your interaction is with one other person. Right. Well, I mean, first I just have to say like the cast of this is incredible mm-hmm. uh, across the board. Um, everyone is so good. And, uh, and that's, you know, Jenna cast the, the shit out of this play. <laughs> yeah. She really did a great job. And um, everybody, I think particularly coming off of COVID and because we got these jobs pre COVID. Oh, wow. So that was like two years ago. Um And so we've all been through something and we've also all been without theater for quite a while. Um, So I think everybody kind of came in very grateful and very ready to like make something. And that energy, I think you can really feel in the piece. And that's, that's, that's them. That's, that's, that's all of my castmates. Um, And also we, I think it would have been very easy for it to become kind of disconnected um, because a lot of people don't have scenes with each other. Um, but it's such a short and truncated process at LCT three, because you're really in the room for like two and a half weeks before you go into tech. Um, we were actually able to like spend a lot of time together very early and, and gelled. And I think, uh, uh, we're actually like a very strong ensemble for a series of two person scenes. (laughs) And I think that that's also a, a huge part of what makes the play work and gives it, it's sort of like special energy and flavor. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like a real shared universe where like everybody's there together and they know each other and they feel right together. But you're right there. I hadn't thought about that, that there are probably characters who don't 
interact at all. They might be on right. stage at the same times during those crossovers like we talked about. But uh, Right. But everybody has history. Like right, this exactly. play is about being around people who have history. Um, and so it was important for us to kind of develop that, develop a familiarity with each other and a warmth and an intimacy so that that feels very authentic, you know? Yeah. And you, you mentioned the word authentic, and I know this is something that you've spoken about before. Obviously, in this show, you are playing a queer woman who is going to the wedding of her former partner who is now marrying a man. Um, okay. You are, without going too deep into your own personal stuff, this is, you've talked about it, you're married to a man, but you identify as, as queer as well. How, how important was kind of that perspective for you in developing this character? And then also in the representation um, of this character from a forward-facing perspective as well? Yeah, I'm a queer woman. Uh, I was super happy to get to play this part. Uh, I am definitely in um, uh, a straight presenting relationship and enjoy all the privileges of that. And I'm well aware of that and also quite sheepish about centering myself a lot in sure. conversations about queerness because I have the, you know, I risk the least by being vis visible. Um, that being said, for me personally, it's very meaningful to be seen as queer, to still be welcomed so warmly into the community and um, and to connect with that part of myself. Um, and I think our play is evidence that when you cast queer people in queer roles, you get something that is impossible if you're working with people who don't have that experience. Like, mm -hmm sexual chemistry and like passion and insider info like you know that that stuff is important to honor these relationships and experiences um and we had a very queer room and a very non-cis room um and it felt like within that there was a lot of space to speak frankly and to bring all all of everyone's experiences into the work. And um, I think the work is so much better for that. You know, and that's obviously been a conversation that a lot of people have had over the years, but increasingly in the past, I don't know, time's weird because of the pandemic, but in the past half decade or to a decade of having straight people portraying queer characters, whether it's on stage uh, or screen, you said like this, this show is kind of an example of how important it is to have queer people in those roles. What is it, you know, it more with a little bit more specificity about this production that you think was added by that? Was there were there other conversations that you had in the room that created some different perspectives on, on the show that even Brenna hadn't thought to include initially? Mm. Well, definitely. I mean, you know, in the case of the um uh, the role Eva played by Rebecca uh, Smanga Frank amazingly. She's mm -hmm. incredible. She's the bride. Yeah. Um, this is this is somebody who's probably bisexual, right? A, a queer woman who's right. on that spectrum, who's marrying a man who dated past female partners. Well, I've literally had that experience in my life. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't invite any ex girlfriends to my wedding because I have boundaries, but like. <laughs> I've had that experience and that is very, that I can't speak for Rebecca, but I think that was useful to her. Just like I've, you know, there are cast members who broke up with people at weddings or who went to the wedding of their ex who married a man. Like you can't, the realm of the imagination is, is limited 
but the realm of experience is unlimited. And it's like, I don't know, everything just feels much juicier coming from that real lived place. Yeah. I'm not sure how, how cogent any of that was. No, no, no. Well, I, no, that's, that's great. I, I, I just think it's, it's really interesting, you know, to kind of pull the curtain back from the process, whether it's on these kind of conversations that are happening, happening, or another thing that I was interested in, there are so many great one-liners or quips in this show. Was there anything that happened in the room that you really liked that didn't make it to the stage? Cause I don't, I don't know how much there was, you know, tinkering with the script over the two years that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Like, was, so, so much of like developing something new is like killing your darlings. And yeah. like, it has to be led by Brenna because it's their, their, it's their art, it's their expression, you know, but like there were really crazy, very dirty lines that were cut that I missed terribly. Okay. Um, you got to give me at least one of them though. I, I, how, what is swearing? No, uh, whatever this? you want, whatever you really, want. Really? No yeah, holds barred. No holds barred. Go for it. Okay. There was a very, maybe I shouldn't say it in case they put it in another play. I'm just going to say it. Okay. There was a line that at the end of the play, when I'm talking to Eli and I'm very drunk, I say, life is a strap on. We're all going to get fucked. <laughs> and that, I like yeah. that line. Yeah. That feels like it would have fit very well. Uh, at Do that you regret letting me say whatever? I no, want. not in the least. Not okay. at all. Are you kidding? It was, okay. But that feels so natural with the show that I, I don't feel like that would have been out of place with, no, uh, with this show. And that's what's kind of cool is like watching them calibrate something that I'm not even sensitive to is like uh, part of the magic of it. But I trust them that 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 line would have taken away from something else or that there's something else that needs to be heard that's more important than that. That's kind of the fun of, of piecing it all together. So you kill your darlings like gratefully, but nonetheless, yeah. RIP. And, <laughs> yeah, well, and for a reason. It's not done just because... You know, willy nilly, uh, you know, it, it, when it's done for something other than, oh, this just didn't get the laugh, although that's important, yeah. too. But it's like there's something else. Like you said, there's a reason there's something that it's taking away. It's distracting right. from the message. Well, no, that line would have slayed, you yeah, know, exactly. like that would have been like a stop the play for a second while people get that release, you know. And so it's like that's like part of the science of the or the mathematics of the comedy also that they're gauging is like where they want that release to happen. It's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I couldn't have you on here and not talk uh, at least a little bit um, about uh, Star Trek Discovery. I am tangential to a Star Trek world fandom. So I, okay. I don't, I'm not necessarily like some of the people that I'm sure you have run into it cons over the years. Um, but my mother-in-law, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so how was that when you were cast? Like, what? Very exciting. Yeah. Yes. How yes. did she take it? Like, what was the very what was well. that interaction? <laughs> she was enthusiastic. Yes, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so, at the end of or in the the fourth season of Discovery, your character Tilly leaves and then comes back. I know that the next season is getting fairly close to production, but there's hasn't been anything necessarily announced in terms of where your status is. And I'm sure you can't tell me anything, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, are you going to be donning a, what is it, a dark green uniform again sometime in the next few months? I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> I, I don't know what, you know, yeah. listen, nice try. First I of all, I had to ask. I couldn't not Very ask. sneaky, very sneaky. But uh, you have to wake up pretty early in the morning to get me to 
Yeah. Potentially say something I'm not supposed to say. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I don't want to get you in trouble, but I had to ask. I didn't, I didn't know what you've been given permission to talk about. but uh, I don't know either. That's why I, I, I choose to say nothing. That's smart. Very smart. <laughs> well, what's interesting about Discovery especially is, is, in addition to you, there's a lot of like legit theater folks uh, yeah, on real. this show with Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz. And even if you kind of consider, you know, uh, Tignataro, you know, with the background in, you know, stand up. Um, there's a lot of like legit theater vibes there. Is that something that you I mean, everybody who's an actor probably has some sort of theater vibes, but like, you know, authentic New York theater stuff is is baked into the fabric of this show. Is that something that you were cognizant of when you first stepped on set? Um, no, but it is kind of cool. I mean, I wonder why that is like. Maybe it's because these are like Star Trek engages in such heightened circumstances. And then there's sure. like this sort of complicated language you have to work your way around that it, I don't know, that's it's facilitated well by, you know. Because it doesn't shoot. Like normally that happens when things shoot in New York. I can't imagine this shoots in New York, does it? No. Yeah. No. Is it a Vancouver type thing or something? Toronto. Toronto. Okay. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So not so far away, but yeah. No, it's not the kind of thing where we can just you know, scoot down. Call up a Tony a... winner to uh, be do a guest <laughs> spot or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, no, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, I think, uh, I don't know. I think there's something there. I'm just not sure what it is. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it a lot in like superhero movies and TV shows mm -hmm. as well, where you've got like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, like these great Shakespearean actors doing it and a ton of musical theater folks as well, you know, because they're used to maybe playing these heightened realities to make them mm. believable uh, and still kind of, you know, maintain the authenticity of the character. So I think that 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 completely yeah, makes that. sense. That makes sense. I, I picked that up. Um, okay, so to wrap up uh, our conversation back with with at the wedding, you kind of talked about a line that was towards the end of the show that is not there anymore. And I don't want to spoil <laughs> it, got cut, it got cut very early. Oh, did it really? That was cut early? Yeah, I think so. That's interesting. Um, what I don't want to spoil any of the catharsis that you mentioned uh, as the show progresses. But you talked about the fact that this is a show that you leave optimistic and, and feeling good about despite kind of some of the the shared emotional trauma that that is discussed and revealed during the process. If people come and see this show, how would you wrap up the experience that they're going to have from start to finish? There's a journey in this 70 minutes. Um, but how would you kind of explain the, the, the journey that they're going to go through uh, as an audience member? Mm, that's, that's hard. Um, I, th you're gonna see a really complicated self-loathing person try to figure out what it takes to try again. And also it's funny and it's about lesbians, which I like. <laughs> I, it was, like I said, one of the most funny and engaging and and charismatic performances and shows that I've seen in a really long time. And it was exactly what I needed at the moment. So thank oh, you. I'm so glad. Yeah. So thank you so much for talking to me about it. I uh, hope the rest of the run through April 24th is fantastic. And whatever you might be doing next, whether it is in this century or in the whatever 32nd century uh or whatever uh is is wonderful as well thank you so much it's so nice to talk to you 